Hello everyone and welcome to the second of our two podcasts, National Friendship Week 2023. My name is Glossy and I'm here from the Royal Aerospace Society and today I'm joined by three apprentices who are going to tell you about why apprentices are so great and why you should consider doing one. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what your job is. Hello, I'm Jack Hughes and I am a level six engineering degree apprentice working for a consultancy firm called Atkins, a member of the SNC Lifelink Group based in Bristol. I'm doing a degree in aerospace engineering with the University of the West of England, and I'm currently in my fourth year of five. I'm originally from North Wales, so I'm quite far from home at the moment, which can be daunting for a lot of young adults, but working at Atkins felt like the best choice for me. They've been really supportive, and as a consultancy, I've been given a great range of opportunities. Uh, Rosie. I'm Rosie. I'm 27 years old um, and I'm doing an apprenticeship in um, aviation and it's a level three in um, basically to be a maintenance technician. Vladimir. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, well, my name is Vladimir Valentin. Uh, I work for Civilization Authority mm. for six or seven years now and currently I'm uh, taking that apprenticeship, uh, which is level seven uh, with Grant Fields, uh, studying aviation safety management risk and regulation uh, at master's degree. Awesome, cool, so we've got our own mix here. So I guess we'll start with Vladimir again and go back the other way. So sure. can you please tell me what inspired you to get into aerospace to start with? Uh, well, uh, quite, quite many years ago, uh, it's all started with, uh, uh, I guess, flying. So I got my license around uh, eight or nine years ago. Uh, I, I think as uh, as I was progressing towards a commercial license, I suddenly realized that uh, I might need to have uh, a degree on top of that, just to be a strong applicant potentially in the future if I decide to take a flying career. Uh, so that was how I started. As I got myself into it easily. That's super exciting. Rosie, uh, should we go to me next? Okay, um, so I actually have a background in um, modular housing. So that's kind of where I started. I started in construction, was there for a couple of years, and then I was like, you know what? I want to take it to that next step. I actually want to work on aircraft. You know, if I can build a house, I'm pretty sure I could build an aircraft. You know, it can't be that hard. There must be like similarities. Um, so that's kind of what I did. Um, I had a couple of friends who work in the same industry and they encouraged me and was like, yeah, yeah, go for it, you know. Because um, I think, especially when I was younger, I was very hesitant because I always thought, you know, you had to maybe be a certain type of person. Um, and I guess the moment was self-confidence. I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to work in that industry. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Um, but now I'm actually there, I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, you know, I fit in perfectly. And I think other people will be surprised how uh, how easy it is to fit in. Yeah, that's really good to hear. I think one of the things when we, when we talk to schools a lot um, and we talk about, you know, different routes into getting into aerospace um, and aviation and all those things. Um, and they always seem surprised when I talk about the fact that you don't have to go in from, you know, the like traditional STEM engineering route, how there's, you know, multiple ways to kind of get in there. Um, so that's really, really awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
I grew up near Broughton watching the Beluga and eventually the Beluga XL flying over my school to land at the Airbus site nearby, so I've always had an interest. I remember doing the flying start challenge in primary school and making the glider out of plastic bottles and a strip of plywood. As I got older, I developed this interest further with work experience with the Defence Electronic Components Agency in Zealand, where I was able to dismantle a generator from the Hawk trainer aircraft and a fortnight placement with defence equipment and support, working with the A400M delivery team. These were both really interesting weeks, and I'm really grateful to have been given the opportunity to work with these people. That's amazing. It's so lovely to hear you all talk so positively about your experience friendships. It's also really nice to have such a wide variety of apprentices who are varying from like master's equivalent level, you know, to first kind of position. So this is really, really good. Awesome. Um, so I feel like we've kind of covered this already, but does anyone have anything to add about like why you chose to do an apprenticeship? generally over, say, like another method of study, I guess. Yeah, so originally when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and so the subjects I took at school, um, they weren't right for the university course. Um, so if I wanted to go into university and study basically the same thing, I would have had to spend like a couple of extra years getting the correct um the correct subjects so an apprenticeship for me was kind of like an easier way in where i didn't have to sacrifice more time because i am an older apprentice you know at like said i'm 27 so i feel like i want to say i feel like my time's running out but i feel like i've definitely come to the game later than a lot of other people who've perhaps done apprenticeships i i also people ask um at all exercise as well they ask about apprenticeship options i had a guy emailed me recently who was in his like later 20s being like is it too late and i was like well no it's not too late don't worry um but i think it you know a lot of people do feel like it can be um but yeah i think it's important to remember that you know you're you are able to very well listen you are able to you know, choose what you want to do and change what you want to do at any point like you're not locked in forever it doesn't matter what your gcse's are or levels are you know whether you've done A-levels or if you did an apprenticeship or B-tech or something, like you're not just locked in forever. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, so yeah, don't be worried about that if you are. Uh, does anyone else have anything else to add? I was really interested by the ability to apply my learning in the real world, get real world experiences and get paid, giving me a jumpstart in my career. While it may be five years for a BNT degree instead of three, it has given me some v some invaluable opportunities I didn't expect to happen. The money and lack of student debts played a huge part in my decision, but also the support I would be given from colleagues who have already done the degree and the support I would be given from both work and the university. The way I looked at it, it wasn't just a five-year degree. It was the three-year degree plus the normal year in entry and an extra year. For me, it was a no-brainer. I really enjoyed the time and haven't regretted a thing. How about you, Vladimir? You anything to add to this question? Yeah, um, uh, actually, the smile on my face when we talk about age. Uh, I was already mid-30s when I have done my uh, degree in aerospace engineering. Uh, that's right during CIA. Uh, and uh, interestingly, uh, while already in a job, uh, I uh, looked at the apprenticeship schemes we have. The Civilization Authority, and in fact, it was uh, uh, one of the first years we started to get it from the Frankfurt University. 
Uh, I think apprenticeship is a perfect opportunity for those who are already uh, working. Uh, they have uh, a paid job, uh, which means that uh, apprenticeships allows you to still remain in your job, uh, still uh, get another degree or new degree or uh, additional degree. To, in my scenario, that would be uh, a higher degree, which is master's and it's level seven qualification, uh, apprenticeship qualification. Uh, interestingly, that's also on top of that comes with a 20% of on the job training time. So uh, uh, on fifth of your normal working hours, you would spend completely on uh, studying, uh, whether it's class studies or, uh, or online, it depends on you. It depends how you manage your time. But uh, uh, interestingly, the important uh, thing that uh, you still remain in your job. Uh, otherwise, I would need to take a year or two years uh, to complete master's degree uh, in any university. And the most important part for, and I assume with a, such a high education prices currently, that comes uh, for free because uh, the government and your employer would support that. Yeah, that is that is brilliant to hear. Yeah, I I was someone who ended up doing like a regular masters, and I ended up getting you know student finance for it. And I really wish that there had just been more emphasis on like other options. Definitely, because I was lucky enough that it was because it was a research masters. My fees were really really cheap, so even though you don't get much of a loan, like I may do just about. But I know a lot of people who couldn't do a masters just because of their fees. Um, and it's never really kind of shared around really like openly about the fact that you can do apprenticeship masters. Like I didn't know about that until I started working here. So, you know, it's really good to hear about all the positives for doing that, definitely. How about you, uh, Rosie? Would you give me a summary of like your typical day uh, in the life of an apprentice uh, where you work? So my, my apprenticeship's two years. My first year, which I'm still in, but um, I'm nearly at the end of, um, is basically just exams. Um, so, I'm basically being put through my CAT A exams. Although um, we have uh, certain breaks within the year, so that say that you do fail an exam or something like that, like there's always time for you to catch up. So, and if you have caught up, you can sit your CAT Bs as well. Um, so that's one benefit. Um, is you're not necessarily restricted to, um, I guess just one category like if you're showing that you want to work hard and you want to reach that next level you can even in your first year um, and then my second year is when I go on to placement so there is a little bit of practical work in the first year but it's mainly just getting the theory down um, and then in your second year that's when you kind of go around different placements and you kind of decide you know um, either I want to specialize in maybe avionics or I want to specialize in the mechanical side um, and that's kind of how it works. You kind of just evidence gather. Um, and then eventually you sit down in front of a panel and you've then got to prove that you can do the job that you've been doing for the past year and prove that you are a good enough engineer to be there. Wow. That sounds like, I didn't even realize there are apprenticeships like that. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's incredible, really. Like the experience is just, it's amazing. And um, all the tutors that I have, like their experience, like, 
Some of them have like 30, 40 years of experience and they'll come across problems where they'll be explaining like a concept in class. And if you don't get it, like they can very easily find a way for you to relate to it. So for example, like myself, I'm not really from an aviation background. Like um, I kind of rode motorbikes. I knew a little bit about cars, but not loads. Like, so engines for me was just like mind blowing. But the tutors were kind of like, oh, well, imagine it like this and stuff like that. And it was just kind of like, ah, now I get it. Now that makes sense. And it's just the teaching levels. It's almost that it's more, I don't know how to describe it. You know how in university it's like a big lecture? Yeah. And sometimes it can be quite hard to ask questions and there's a lot of people there. Well, I feel in apprenticeships, like the classroom sizes are a lot smaller. So you almost get like three, four times the support. Yeah, that sounds incredible. That makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, does, that sounds really good. It's good to, yeah, it's, it's something that I hadn't really thought about, the fact that, yeah, if you're at university, you could be in a class of up to like 100 people, maybe even more. At least I, I think my department was quite small, but I know some departments at my uni for like history had like 250, 300 students. So I can imagine it's way easier to get the help that you want and the kind of more tailored experience that you might need just to, you know, start understanding some of the topics. Yeah. Cool. Vladimir, what about you? Uh, what is your typical day? As an apprentice? Uh, well, a typical week because uh, it, it changes from day to day uh, depending on what tasks, uh, projects we are working on. And uh, generally speaking, that uh, uh, I, on the third year of our apprenticeship, which is final, uh, as a physics year, when we start to work on our uh, final, uh, final product as well, uh, you know, in a all uh, apprenticeship schemes, uh, they not only have the academia side, where you would do the typical stuff you do in universities, uh, some, some modules, uh, exams. Uh, interestingly, uh, you also need to satisfy some apprenticeship standards, which you gather various evidence throughout all these years, and you have to, uh, you have to but these evidences uh, online, you have to gather what how you apply the knowledge uh, you gain in the university uh, at your workplace. Uh, and again, that goes towards your uh, what we call the cases, uh, skills, knowledge, and behaviors, or knowledge, skills, and behaviors, uh, which you go uh, up and up and up. And again, that's generally standard for all apprenticeship schemes. Mm. Depending on the level you are at, uh, it gets more complex or less complex. But as I said previously, 20% of your time, your work time, you shouldn't spend for studies uh, apart from any additional time because normally you don't have three weekends you're constantly studying something. But uh, uh, it, it's, it's busy. Uh, typical day is busy. If, if this is a normal, our projects had uh, a high uh, direct work responsibilities. That would be something I do in accordance with my job description. Uh, but at the same time, I would always try to find how to use my unique skills either to get further in my career or uh, potentially uh, use the knowledge I get 
from the university. So for me, I feel like every day is different. With remote working, I don't need to be in the office, but I like to keep my, up my visibility. So I do Wednesdays and Thursdays in the office. On Tuesdays, I go to university and have lectures from nine till four. And it's nice to be, be able to mix with people my own age and from external companies. I find there's so many opportunities outside of work to get involved and be social. I often stay, stay later to get involved with some of the societies that interest me. They're all open to apprentices too. We also have work socials, which are great to be a part of, especially when they're funded. I also volunteer with a local scout group on Thursdays, which helps me unwind and give back to my local community. What my job involves can range so much from project to project. I've done it all. I've done market research internally. I've done land safety for the British Army, cross-domain asset management for defence, so that's air, land and sea. I've done verification and validation of safety critical software for maritime vessels and I'm looking forward to moving on to an external market research project, which promises to be really exciting. How would you say an apprenticeship has helped you with your like career and developing your like I guess your personal development and stuff like that? I think well I already see some positive uh, feedback and outcomes of me taking an apprenticeship. Firstly, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. Um, and uh, uh, you do get a degree while you are studying. Uh, from a career perspective, uh, I changed uh, it several times since I uh, started a degree, so that has several promotions in, in my roles, uh, starting from a surveyor to a senior surveyor in uh, aircraft certification team, going towards uh, joining CEA International, which is our commercial arm, uh, and uh, currently I'm getting a development plan uh, towards a senior technical advisor, currently a technical advisor. And it, all these bits, it, it's, uh, it, I take it as a tile which you accumulate uh, knowledge, and uh, the more you have, the more weight you have, uh, the more opportunities you have in in general. It's uh, again that's also depends on some other values you, you learn uh, through the apprenticeship scheme. Yeah, well what I'm hearing is generally that as long as you're whatever you're putting in, you will get back out again, right? Like if, if you know, if you put the work in, if you are, you know, aiming to kind of learn and develop yourself, you will do you'll be able to do that basically is what I'm hearing from that. Um it is but, it. Mm. Uh Rosie, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so I think as a apprenticeships as well, like you kind of almost get not only a lot of experience whilst you're learning, you're paid whilst you're learning. And I've also found because I have been to university myself, is I'm almost getting better contacts. So it's like I'm getting my foot in the door a lot earlier than if I was going to say and do a degree. Um, because you're speaking to a lot of tutors from a lot of different backgrounds who've worked at various different uh, companies, you kind of, because you're developing them contacts already, it's a case of you might go speak to someone and be like, oh, I have an interest in this. Do you know anything about it? And it might be a case of, oh, well, I personally don't, but I know someone who might. And then it's kind of about building that network. And yeah, I found that a lot easier during apprenticeship than 
obviously I have with other methods of study. Um, and I think you're kind of surrounded by um, obviously other students who you're not all necessarily going into the same line of work. You know, people are going to go out and they'll work across um, like different sectors. Um, and obviously you don't know who they're going to end up being in contact with. And I found with apprenticeships, you're almost a lot more supported by the other students as well. Um, because I think because the classes are a lot smaller, um, you just kind of like, you're just like a big group of friends, if that makes sense. So you want each other to do well. Whereas in university, because obviously the classes are so big, it's kind of, I don't know, I just feel like it's very, very different. It sounds like a very supportive, just very like, I guess wholesome is the word I want to jump to, very like just welcoming kind of environment where everyone's kind of supporting each other. I think that's a really lovely uh, thing about what you're doing. That's really cool. For me, I think that this apprenticeship will prove to be invaluable. With the opportunities I've been given as part of this apprenticeship, aside from the experience and projects I've been put on, I've taken the initiative to take on extra roles within the Young Professional Forum here at Atkins. As such, I'm the Young Professional in Defence Lead, which is involved facilitating knowledge sharing internally and externally. This has given me the opportunity to engage with external organisations, such as the Team Defence Vanguard and the Armed Forces Communications Electronics Association. These are giving me more experiences outside of my job role. Last October, as part of the Team Defence Vanguard, I was able to travel to the northernmost point of the UK to see Sacklerwood, where the UK's first vertical launch site is being built. I've also provisionally been accepted onto the Space Early Career Subcommittee for the Royal Aeronautical Engineering Society, which is hugely exciting. I think that these opportunities will be invaluable to me and hopefully I can build on my experiences more in the future and progress my career into the space domain. That's really good to know. Um, we'll start with Rosie this time. Do you have any advice for current or potential apprentices, uh, whether that's for you know application process or just what to expect generally from the roles? Yeah, so apprenticeships are kind of weird in the way that like, so some of my colleagues, um, they they've applied a few times for apprenticeships and they've applied a few times for the same apprenticeships. So I was quite lucky in the fact that when I applied, um, it was kind of like a year's process to actually get in. Um, and throughout that year, it was kind of like various tests and stuff because at the time it was COVID. So a lot of it was online testing and online interviews and various stages. Um, and some of my friends had actually been through that same process about three or four times. So just because you don't get in first time does not mean that you're not going to get in. Like you might have just appeared slightly further down on the list and it just hadn't quite got to you. Um, so just keep trying. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter if it's the same company or a different company, just keep going for it because some people have turned around and said, you know what? Like, thank God I'm going to behave up because I wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, and you know, for now, like I've got some other friends who were actually put on the reserve list. Right. Um, they understand apprenticeship aren't for everyone, and some of them, some people start realise it's not for them, or maybe the workload's just not what they thought. So then they're like, "Oh no, this isn't for me," and they drop out. And then that's when other people can actually come in and take their place. Um, there is a lot of work. Um, I mean, this past year, I think in total, I've sat like twenty exams, and. 
I've kind of decided, well, you know what? What is one year for the rest of my life? If I can sacrifice this one year and get through my exams and just get up with it, basically, then it's going to be worth it. And then after this one year, that's when I can have the work-life balance. Um, because I've, I've actually got short-term memory impairment, which classes as a learning difficulty. And I don't feel that just because you have learning difficulties, that does not mean that you can't do the job either. Do you know what I mean? So just don't let anyone tell you that you can't because you'd be surprised how far you can get. I think what you're saying about, you know, just not giving up and not, you know, adhering to some rule that you think might exist about not being able to do the things you want to do. I think it's such an important message that you keep trying. And if it's something you're passionate about, you just go for it and, you know, you will get there eventually. My advice is to just enjoy the application process. Actually, I found the interviews to be quite interesting. Normally, they try to come up with group tasks and challenges. And I think the key is to just be yourself and enjoy it. Um, try to use your skills and demonstrate them where you can. But also remember that it's not the be-all and end-all. Um, you can apply to university as well. And for me, university was a backup chance for me. I applied for 14 different apprenticeships um, because I knew that I wanted one. Um, but in the end, I only attended two interviews because I realised I wasn't interested in the majority of them. I know there are some really, really interesting opportunities out there. Um, so I would advise everyone to keep an eye out and maybe keep the options open, whether it may not be aerospace, but mechanical, electrical or cyber. There are so many options out there. But no, if you are interested in aerospace, um, again, there are plenty of opportunities. I think don't just keep your eyes on the big companies that many of you will be aware of, but also maybe um, consider if there are smaller companies that are doing apprenticeships. Again, if you're interested in space, I know they are becoming more readily available. Keep that options open too. Take a look at if there are any specific things that you're interested in. I think another piece of advice for me is to take every opportunity you can uh, when if you are lucky enough to get an apprenticeship. Um, I think you get out of it what you put in. So if you put in as much as you possibly can, actually you do get a lot out of it and the opportunities you get can be phenomenal and much better than those that you would get at university. Awesome. Yeah, so good advice then. Blandly, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I would say, uh, from my perspective, uh, the key points is uh, uh, just keep trying, as, uh, as you had from Rosie. Uh, nothing should put you back. Uh, also, uh, I noticed uh, last of speaking to some of my colleagues, uh, speaking to uh, uh, my uh, cohort colleagues uh, in Cranfield, some of them are thinking that uh, I, either this is too high level or, you know, sometimes the um, an idea that I will be studying a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, uh, it's, it, it can be already uh, a little bit stressful uh, knowing that you're still doing your full uh, day job. Uh, but uh, whoever is on that uh, line to decide whether to go or not, uh, I would certainly say yes. Uh, apprenticeship is, is an investment, and uh, investment in yourself. Uh, I would 
always go for investments, especially when we are talking about investments in terms of knowledge. Uh, any uh, that sort of exercises will certainly benefit in the future. I understand that. I feel like we are coming close in time here, so I will uh, jump to our final question. If you could sum up in three words or phrases why someone should choose to do an apprenticeship, what would they be? I think experience and employability. The ability to work for five years and have the confidence to apply myself to lots of different roles is something that you don't get with university. The practical application of what you're learning. Opportunities. I've had so many experiences I would never have been able to have had I have gone to university and not had the support of my employer. And money. It's great to get paid while doing a degree and to know that I can come out of my degree debt-free. Um, I think one would be to have confidence. Never give up. Just keep trying and celebrate all those little wins because that's really important. Um, have fun as well. You know, yes, it's a lot of hard work, but you can still have fun at the same time. Um, and finally, like, make sure that you network and you develop your contacts. The aviation industry is very, very well connected and you aren't necessarily stuck in a job. Like if you suddenly decide, you know what, this route isn't quite for me or this job isn't quite for me, you can easily move to a different company or a different job. And yeah, that's it. Like, just keep having fun. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, I'll probably go back to uh, a standard, apprenticeship standard, uh, which is which we call KSBs. And uh, the key goes to knowledge. And so, uh, I would add that that in this AA we also have a set of values, which one of them says uh, never stop learning. And knowledge and never stop learning that goes in parallel. Uh, uh, that's an important uh, part of that. Skills, uh, it is essential based on to add it to any knowledge. So practical and skills, this is what you gain, uh, whether you're an apprentice uh, for the university or an uh, apprentice uh, doing uh, uh, work experience. It doesn't really matter, it's still a skill which you get from colleagues, get from your future colleagues. And as Rosa said, some of these people are 30, 40 years in the industry. Uh, every day, uh, with them, every day, uh, lectures every day, it's work experience. You, you get enormous knowledge if you want to. Uh, you just need to uh, try to capture that. And uh, the third one is behavior. Uh, I would also align it with one of these AAB uh, values, which is that do the right thing. And uh, so another one, respective one. With this set, uh, uh, well, at least uh, as I see it, you are very well prepared for uh, a British report. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to come and chat with us today. Um, and I hope that for anyone listening, you've learned more about apprenticeships and you know all the really, really great reasons why you should definitely consider doing one. And if you are you know, worried about it, you know, all the positive things we've heard, about what it's like on the job as well. So thank you all very much. Uh, I've been Flossie from the Royal Aeronautical Society and yeah, have a good rest of National Apprenticeship Week. Are you an apprentice working in aerospace? 
Did you know you can apply now for free apprentice affiliate membership of the Royal Aeronautical Society at www.aerosociety.com forward slash apprentice. That is www.aerosociety.com forward slash apprentice. Here you can find all the benefits of the apprentice affiliate membership as well as the membership application form.